the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. How are you today, James? Are you all right? I'm all right, thank you. Um, You know, multiple technical issues, but you know... First world problems, is it? First world problems. Absolutely. 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 Do you know what? I'll start off with this because it's really interesting. I listened to a podcast yesterday called The The Happiness. Well, I can't remember what it's called. Something along those lines. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a little video on it. because uh, it was there was a guy on it who was a therapist for millionaires. And he was saying about how there was a bloke on there who had five hundred million pounds and he was like, you know, if I can just get to a billion, I'll be really happy. And he was just like you just need to figure out you know, the stuff that's going to make you happy and, you know, you can chase after this stuff all the time. And then they had a guy called J.R. Fitzgerald. Have you heard of him before? Mm, I don't think so. Motivational speaker. And he was in a Humvee when he was 19 out in Afghanistan. He'd been in the army two months and they hit an IED and it blew three of the blokes out of the car and he was trapped in it. And he was trapped in it for five minutes and he had 34% burns on his body. It ruined his lungs as well because he had to breathe all the smoke in. And he basically then, he started to do some talks and then people realized he was good. And he was like, my scars make people listen to me. And then he's opened up all these opportunities. He's written a book. He's a motivational speaker. He does all this stuff with um, other people with burns. And these massive other people, you know, have been victims of, um, of war. And he was like, I don't regret a thing. He was like, I would not change a single part of my life because it's opened up so many opportunities. He was like, I was so spoiled when I was younger that I just couldn't appreciate anything. And actually, he spent his 20th, 21st and 22nd birthday in hospital. He was in hospital for like three years as part of his recovery. And the summary of that little ramble is because James has just said first world problems. And I think that that was, what I, I actually messaged the bloke, I went on his website and I just said, you've won a fan podcast you did. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I've just been so impressed with your approach. You know, I wish that more people would could think like that i thought it was it was it was it, i'd recommend it to anyone it's called the happiness blog i think something like that um right it, it was unbelievable it's good i can't remember there's a podcast list there's got a guy who's on joe rogan who walked across the um arctic and he'd had like a, a similar thing where he was in thailand and he was doing the you know whether you jump over the the flaming chain rope and they'd covered it in petrol or something he got his legs caught and he got like these horrific burns and basically you were told he'd never walk again you said it was the best thing that ever happened to him because he went on and kind of forced him to do all these things going from his kind of his ordinary life to just being to wanting to prove everyone wrong mm. it's really interesting they call it I've, i spoke to a couple of my clients about this they called it the the hedonistic adaptation where we think certain things are really interest are really good like winning the lottery or you know whatever it may be and then actually we don't think about the negatives so you don't think about the friends that you'd lose and the family members who beg you for money and actually the things that we think are the worst case scenario getting these burns and whatnot are actually can be blessings in disguise. They've actually done studies on this and people who have lost a child, which is, you know, the worst thing that can happen. If you ask them to recount the good and the bad things that have come from it, 
they recall more good things than bad things. That absolutely blew my mind. Was, and he was saying that human beings have gone through, you know, millennia of overcoming struggles, of being resilient, and, you know, to get to the point where we're at now where we're all sat on Zoom talking about this, you know, from, you know, chasing animals around the mud for, for thousands and thousands of years. And we are so resilient and so powerful. And people just completely forget this. And they just have no comprehension of what they're capable of doing. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was something else. Another part of it that I just thought was brilliant. And I think that whilst this is absolutely nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, <laughs> was actually a really useful thing for... I just was thinking, man, this is going to be really useful for, for our clients because this is it's so true. You just you completely forget that we are so resilient and so good at overcoming adversity and people kind of talk themselves into these holes rather than talk themselves out of it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I can imagine. I'll go back to my, my old, it's always my kind of favourite story with this when he's about kind of shifting your frame that you look through things, shifting your perspective. Well, two things actually. So, you know, we've had kind of, you know, friends who've, um, you know, partners have died kind of at young ages, you know, kind of not before they should have, but you know what I mean, kind of like they've been taken too quickly. And then you, if you ask me, you know, obviously that's sort of horrendous thing. But then the other alternative is that you never met them. Mm. You know, so would you rather take that short time or, you know, kind of shortest time that you've had to know them, to love them, to, you know, develop relationships with them or, you know, and then have this kind of massive amount of pain? Or would you rather have never met them and never go through this pain? And the answer is never. Or I'd never. I'd rather never have met them. You know what I mean? He's he's looking at a balance and the the kind of the story I always go to with you know looking at things from a different perspective is um, I obviously can't remember the entire story, but basically two boats went out. I think it was in Australia. Everyone got into the in the sea. They're all swimming between the boats. Someone started shark. Everyone scarp had gone to the boats. One woman bit slow to get out of the boat. Shark grabbed a leg. They pulled her into the boat. She looked down, her leg was missing. Instead of thinking, oh my God, shark's bitten my leg off. She thought, her first thoughts were, thank God I'm alive. And it's, you know, the same situation where most people are like, oh my God, I'm not going to my leg. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to do that. This, you know, my whole life changed. She was like, thank God I'm still alive. Yeah, we are, we just, are more resilient than we think. Yeah, just changing that perspective of, I'm so glad I'm still alive instead of, oh my God, I've lost my leg. Yeah, and life life is just not as bad as you think. The guy with the burn said the same thing. He was like, "I know people who've died, people who've lost limbs." He was like, "I'm lucky to just have these burns." You know, I need to be grateful for that. And it was, is it empowering stuff? Is it inspiring stuff? I think when you hear about people who, who overcome adversity like that, it makes you kind of gets you on the chest a bit, and you think, "Wow, that's that's absolutely unbelievable." Hundred percent right. Should we get to the podcast? Yeah, eight minutes. Podcast eight minutes to talk. In. I think I think that was probably more useful. I think that's I was gonna say at least that was some, some useful information instead of just kind of normally us just talking nonsense, you mocking how's, my teeth or something. How's the dog? Yeah. <laughs> you me talking about your tummy ache. So <laughs> we wanted to talk about I don't know what you titled the the call actually, Joe. What was it? It was exercise beyond fat loss, I think. Yeah, so within our system. You know, you guys are experiencing it. Other people who listen to it might not. You know, we we look for a sustainable plan, something that will fit within people's lifestyles, which will get them the results that they're you know they're, they're happy with, without you know completely upheaving their their lives. So it's something that you can do, you know, sustainably, something that you can do for the rest of your life. That being said, we don't push kind of like massive gym routines that take hours and hours. Um, 
and out practical for a lot of people. You know, people have full-time jobs. People have families. They can't go to the gym, you know, twice a day, five days, six days a week. But I wanted to talk, or kind of, you know, when we were talking about what should we do about the call, I wanted to talk about just a different side to exercise. I think people see, you know, oh, I need to do HIIT training, I need to do German volume training, I need to do this, this, and this to help me get the best results possible. And I wanted to get, you know, I suppose it does tie in a little bit what we're talking about. It's like just shift that perspective, just shift your frame slightly away from this immediate, like, I've got three months to lose as much weight as possible, so... I have to do cardio and I have to do this and look at the actual benefits from resistance training, benefits from doing consistent aerobic training and just how it can massively positively affect your entire life long-term, not just within weight loss. Yes, absolutely. I think that I wasn't sure if you were done or not. Just like type in. Like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually looking for something because – there's a really interesting image, which I'm going to try and screen share when James talks again. I'm going to dig it out of if you look at um, some kind of scan of triathletes and there's a muscle density of like a young, like a 30 year old triathlete, a 70 year old triathlete. And I found it a, a normal 74 year old. Um, and it just shows the difference. And I think that, like you say, people are so quick to get caught up in um just it being all about fat loss and actually let's let's see if this works i'll see if i can get the, the right screen up making sure there's nothing nothing on my tabs that shouldn't be there um oh man this is going to be a pain i might not bother and that people get so caught up in trying to just lose weight and i don't want to exercise and actually if you look at the, the longer term ramifications and that now is you know we don't have many clients in their 70s no. but it sounds like someone in their 70s but someone is so something on your you know, computer. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't actually. It was, it was someone on the call. Um, is that we need to look at these things from a longevity point of view, and you can build that foundation now. And actually, there is just so many benefits. To this I've not been in the gym for for months. I've not done any weights, and I did a session the other day, and I felt so much better for it. I felt, you know, I felt like I looked different. My mindset was different. It felt good to be doing something that I know benefits my health and i think that we just need to move you know beyond this it's just about doing it right now and this kind of gritting our teeth mentality and trying to get through it and it's a bit like a crash diet and people kind of approach it the wrong way i'm just going to do this for 28 days or 13 weeks then i'm going to go back to this and actually you need to change i'm not going to say need to change who you are but you'll benefit from it there's a lady who i coached who went from like 16 stone down to 11 and one of the fun she was married to a triathlete and he was saying, every day I wake up, I tell myself I'm a runner. So that he, that's becoming part of who he is. And that it then it becomes a non-negotiable. So it, because he does this every day, after he's done it for 100 days, 200 days a year, it, you know, it just becomes who you are. And you're talking yourself into doing the right things. And then even when you don't want to do it, you'll still do the right things because he's a runner. So he runs because he's made that commitment. And I think that the problem with doing it for 28 days is you get to day 29 and you stop doing it because it's easy. And we need to look kind of longer term at this and decide and make it a decision of who we want to be and, and where we want to get to. And then we can use that to, to keep ourselves going. Because ultimately, it's about doing these things when you don't want to, not just when you do want to. If you only eat well on the days you fancy it, if you only exercise on the days you fancy it, you're going to really struggle. And you see this when people don't log their food. Oh, my food is rubbish. I'm not going to log it today. That's the data log. 
if you don't want to exercise, that's probably the day to exercise because the difference between not going for a run and a lazy run is massive calorie-wise. The difference between a lazy run and a really good run is going to be very small. I remember doing this before when I've kind of trained, um, when I've done stricter diets and I've just got to the end of the diet and I'm knackered. The difference in my calorie burn is tiny because you can just push yourself through it. Whereas if I sat on the sofa, the difference between zero calories and the 300 that I burned is absolutely massive. You know? So I think it's that would what, where I would try to push people towards. And I really like the idea of it becoming part of who you are and it becomes a non-negotiable. Yeah, definitely. I talk about it before, like saying, Kenny, you know, you fake it until you make it. You know where you're at right now and you know where you want to be. So what does that person that you want to be do that you don't do and start doing that until you become that person? Like you said, you know, I don't want to go to the gym, but I'm going to go because future me goes to the gym three times a week. You know, I don't want to do, you know, my steps. I don't want to log my food, but future me does do that. So that's what you have to do to kind of emulate that. But I think, you know, again, for me, that kind of the, the, the purpose of this call was to, to try and get people to shift the focus slightly. Again, like you said, from that kind of three-month, six-month journey of, I want to do this to lose weight, to I want to do this to be fit and healthy into my later life. And I've been talking about it more and more, especially since I've become a dad, about my kind of my fitness pension. And it's that the things that I do now will pay off in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, well, maybe 40 years, 40 years time. I don't want to get to, yeah, probably not at this rate. Um, I don't want to get to, you know, in 30 years time going, shit, I'm weak and I'm unfit. And then go, all right, now I need to get to the gym. But it's going to be even harder. I want to lay the foundations now. And I want to stay as strong as I possibly can. Carry, well, not as necessarily as much muscle mass, but a decent amount of muscle. So I stay strong. I want to keep my cardiovascular fitness up as long as I can. And obviously, it is going to deteriorate because it does with old age. You know, your muscle mass will drop. You know, you know your fitness levels will drop. Of course they will, but naturally will. But I'm going to do everything in my powers to prevent that. And that's not because I want to be competing in triathlons you know, or doing Ironmans at 80 or something like that. It's because I don't want to be on the bus, and the bus to break heart, you know, sharply, and I fall over and break my hip. You know, I'm thinking that's kind of what I mean. And it, 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 the, 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 the benefits of just staying strong and having some muscle mass, I mean, particularly for women as well, you know, to do resistance training with osteoporosis and, you know, all those other issues that we'll go into, is huge. And it's, you know, it's tough for me as a coach knowing this, that people completely get, well, I just don't like going to the gym. I find it boring. Like I'm asking for two sessions a week, two 45 minute sessions a week, you know, an hour and a half, let's say three hours a week, you know, with travel. That's it. You know, ideally three sessions, three 45 minute sessions. Like you can watch a Coronation Street omnibus. I guarantee you'll find time to do that. Like on a Sunday, obviously presuming that everyone watches Coronation Street. If they even do the omnibuses anymore, I don't know. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't know. <laughs> can you find something that's going to help you be able to play with your grandkids without moaning and groaning about getting up off the floor? You know, can you do something that keeps you active? That all I'm asking for is three hours a week. That's it. You know, and with that focus again, not just on three months, how much weight can I lose? You know, can I do this? Can I do that? But like, I want to be as fit and as healthy as I possibly can be for as long as possible. You know, Keeping your muscle is one of the, the best protections of like kind of chronic illness and injury. That's one of the, the one of the great quotes that I kind of read when I was doing a bit of research in this. Like, 
And all I'm asking you is three hours. So three hours a week, I'm asking you to do something that can prevent chronic illnesses. You know, why would you not do that? I think it's, it's interesting. I remember um, driving along a while ago and then we'd seen um, someone had fallen over on the side of the road. And so we kind of stopped and got out and had a look and this elderly lady had fallen um, and she kind of had a bit of blood on her hand. And when the paramedics turned up, they cut up her sleeve and she'd, you know, her wrist was in a very bad way. And I think it's, it's interesting when you'd said that there, of like, it's like a death sentence. And the girl I was with had said, you know, that is a really serious injury for that lady to overcome. And that is from a fall, you know, and falls can be death sentences for, for people as they get older. And it's not to be, you know, too dramatic. But ultimately, if we don't look at these things and look at the reality of it, then that's going to be, you know, the eventuality for us is you can just blindly walk into this stuff and it just happens. You know, you, 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 I've worked with clients before as a lady that I PT'd for a bit who was in her early 50s who just said, you know, she, she said it and then went back on it and then came back to it. She said, I wasted my life being unhappy with my weight. She said, I've not wasted it. And she said, well, actually, you know, I have. I could have been much happier if I'd worked on this stuff when I was younger. And it's just interesting to hear. I'm going to uh, put the picture up now so you guys can see. Obviously, it's going to be crap for anyone on the, uh, on the podcast, but such is life. But you can see the MRI images. So at the top, you've got a 40-year-old triathlete. At the bottom, you've got a 74-year-old triathlete. In the middle, you've got a 74-year-old sedentary. But you can see the similarities between the top and the bottom, that they're almost the same. If you look at that amount of muscle mass, whereas the muscle mass, the muscle density, you could probably also say that the bone mass looks different. You know, obviously, it's different people, horses for courses, but it's really marked in that you can see the difference. And I think that if you it's very, very obvious then who is going to be more healthy, who is more likely to suffer from a fall here, you know, it's painfully obvious. And I think that it's something to, it's just interesting as much as anything and something to keep in mind. 100%. Again, it's the, the plethora of, of benefits from just being strong. Is it wrong to be strong? No, it's certainly not. You know, like you said, bone density, osteoporosis is something you know, particularly affects. Let's say older ladies, ladies, not going to say I headed to the twilight years, but like my age. Um, <laughs> and, you know, resistance training will offset a lot of that. Um, you know, increasing your metabolism. Of course, you're going to, you know, lean muscle mass, is active tissue will help you burn more calories, make you look better naked. You know, it's going to increase, uh, improve your body shape, um, insulin sensitivity, you know, uptake of glucose. Decreasing your blood pressure. There's so many benefits that you, and, and it's just so available. Like I said, for just such a small investment in time. If I was like, right, um, I can decrease your blood pressure, I can increase your um, insulin sensitivity, I can uh, help offset osteoporosis, I can help you know prevent a lot of chronic diseases. I do all this, and all I'm asking for is an hour and a half a week um, of your time. Would you do that? Like, nah. Good, thank you. Like, whoa, what? And you know what? I totally, I totally understand that it is intimidating stuff. You know, I've been badgering my mum, who is 67. She's going to listen to this. If I've got her age wrong, then I'm very sorry, mum. I do love you. I just don't know your age. It's definitely, the the shot. definitely, definitely in the 60s. She's 59. <laughs> she is. She is nervous in a gym because she's uncomfortable doing that. And obviously, she has the benefit of me kind of keeping on her back about it and you know, being willing to go to the gym with her and actually just loading the muscles 
by using the machines is going to be more than enough for her. You know, so we're looking at a leg extension, a leg curl, a chest press, and a row. And that's going to cover virtually all of her muscle mass, you know, and this is going to increase her longevity, increase her happiness, all the things that James has said. It doesn't need to, but you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to be deadlifting your body weight. You don't need to be you know, Olympic lifting and doing CrossFit and doing pull-ups. It's cool if you can. You will look better if you can, I would, I would definitely say. But it's not essential. And there was a lady who I was working with recently, a really, really lovely lady. I loved coaching her. And she was a little bit older than our kind of traditional clients. And she lost a stone and she was desperate to lose more. And her food was really good. And this was like the missing piece. You know, she was doing, her, doing quite a lot of steps, doing an aerobics class. And I did a video the other day called Do More or the two words to break through a plateau. And sometimes, you know, I, you just have to look at this as, this is a non-negotiable you know if this lady wants to get to her goals and she has to take that step with regards to strength training or challenging herself a bit more and i think that for a lot of people you know it can be a nice extra but for some people it's essential and if we look at it from a non from a health perspective it is absolutely essential that you do these things in regards to maintaining your muscle mass you know the image that i just showed is just so stark in regards to the difference it can make. And like I said, I'm not trying to get my mum to be a bodybuilder. I'm just trying to get her to put some weight through her muscles, you know, and using the machines is more than enough. So she, I, I don't need to put her in the free weights area and get her doing a double body weight back squat. She just needs to basically put her muscles under some tension and, and do that continuously. You know, we're not looking like consistent Christmas. We're not looking to get people to drop eight pounds over the Christmas period. I'm not trying to get my 67 year old mum to be the strongest 67-year-old woman in the world. I want her to be as strong now as she was at 55 because that will then be enough for her to live a healthy life. It's just stopping that deterioration and being realistic. You know, we, she doesn't need to go out and do more because she's uncomfortable with it. She doesn't love it. She's not going to, you know, hire a PT because she's just not that bothered, but she's bothered enough to do the basics. And that's the key thing for me in, in that instance or for a lot of people is they will talk themselves out of it when actually going in and just working around the machines gently on their own would be a step forwards. I've got another, another client story. I've got a young lad who's 21. He's built very slightly. He's built like I was as a teenager. And he is super nervous about going to the gym. He's like, I've not got the balls to go and ask someone for a spot, you know, which would be where someone helps you with the weight. And I totally get that. I just said to him, well, let's just start with something more basic then. Because once he's done 100 sessions in the gym on the machines, He's going to recognize some faces. He's going to be more confident in there. It's not going to be hard work getting through the door. So it's just building up through that. If you look at this from like a willpower perspective, it's quite interesting that quitting smoking is one of the hardest things to get people to do. It requires phenomenal amounts of willpower. So you can actually be more successful with stuff like this by working on willpower, something really basic. So they do stuff like setting an alarm on your phone every half an hour. And when the beeper goes off, you sit up straight, you pull your shoulders back, you lift your chin up. And this they've then shown helps people with other tasks. So you build up according to what you're capable of doing. If that doesn't make any sense, then feel free to ask me in the group and I'll explain it later. But the idea being, if you just do smaller but similar tasks, they can then accumulate something bigger. You know, just getting my mum in the gym and using the machines is going to be a great start. It'll probably be enough for her. It might not be enough for you, but it's a start. And if you can do that and then progress in the gym, then you're going to be in a better place, a much better place. Yeah, I think when you say muscle mass, people panic. Oh, I don't want to get like a bodybuilder, you know, like 
I'm going to turn into one of those female bodybuilders. Like, that's not going to happen unless you go down a seriously anabolic route. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Penny's not going to end up with 18-inch abs. It's not going to happen. <laughs> if she does, what? I'll be furious. If <laughs> <laughs> she got all the genetics, you did. You know, <laughs> spaghetti abs. Um, we're talking about, as in muscle mass, is just like the muscle that you have. You know, we're looking to... Again, it's, it's like consistent Christmas. It's damage limitation. We're not looking at you know adding tons and tons of muscle. You probably will do because you kind of put your stress on your body. Your body wants to adapt to cope with that. But like you said, a lot of it is just going to be damage limitation. How can we prevent this natural drop off of muscle mass? That's what we want, and then you've got to give your body a reason to keep hold of it. Because if not, like I said, your body's just use it or lose it. Like I said earlier on, like muscle is active tissue. It's chewing for your energy. Your body wants to preserve energy. That's why we store fat. You know, we've talked about this in one of the other um, calls about why we get fat. So if it's got all this active tissue that's burning through energy, but it's not using it, there's no demand for it. It's just like, I get rid of it. And then obviously with your hormones changing as you get older, et cetera, you know, there's no reason to keep this muscle mass. You have to give it a reason to keep it. And like saying, you know, just simple stuff like getting up off the floor, walking up steps, you know, getting up high steps, stuff like that. You know, lifting, carrying, anything like that. It's all going to be so much easier if you're just a bit stronger. Yeah, as you said, I've just I've just done a quick Google, so I was interested to know what the age was. After age 30, you begin to lose as much as 3 to 5% per decade. Most men will lose about 30% of their muscle mass during their lifetimes. So, you know, it's... It, I appreciate I've kind of not gone off topic, but used my mum as an example. So she has had 37 years of sarcopenia. Sarcopenia, I think I've said that right. But for most people, you know, there's not many of our clients under 30. So it's definitely worth, like you said, you put that investment in now, you're putting that investment in now to then make sure that you can live this healthy quality of life. And, you know, you, you see people, don't you, who are missing out on life. They're missing out on these positive things, being able to play with their kids struggling to, to move around, struggling to travel, you know, healthily and happily is just so important. I thought I'd just like to read the, the comments someone put in the chat. My mum is 81 and still plays tennis twice a week. She looks and feels so much younger than others of that age. And even though widowed twice, she has such a positive outlook on life. And I just think it's absolutely brilliant because you've got the, the two pieces there. You've got the physical side. She, she looks and, you know, plays, she looks so much younger. She plays tennis twice a week. And then you've also got the the mental attitude side, the positive outlook on life. And ultimately, I would ask the guess that that's going to make a difference in regards to keeping people motivated to exercise, is that if you're able to, to hold that positive exercise and that zest for life, you're more likely to look after yourself. It might not be your fault with regards to your natural shape or your strength, but it's your responsibility. I always like this phrase of, yes, it's, like, it's like getting a second-hand car. You buy a second-hand car, it's knackered, it's not your fault it is your responsibility to fix it you know so if you've had an accident something's happened you know lockdown has stopped you going into the gym it's not your fault but you can fix this and you can work on it and i think the more responsibility we take for these things the better you're putting yourself in control of, of fixing that so yeah i think again just look at the bigger picture as always with everything is like i said about me the decisions and the actions that i do now will reflect 10, 15, 20 years' time. And that's what I'm going to do. Like I said, just think, you know, if you take one thing from this call, think about investing in your fitness pension. Where do you want to be in 20 years' time? Because what you do today will be reflected then. And you can apply that to, you know, working out. I don't want to work out today. But I do want to be fit and healthy when I'm 80. So I'm going to go. 
actually just wrote a post spoiler for tomorrow like saying you know how to get motivated five tips to get motivated to go to, to go work out it's like go to the gym drink some caffeine that's it realize that motivation is absolute bullshizzle is it is a fickle bitch yeah you know what i mean it's not it's not needed you just need to do it and just go right i don't want to work out right now but i want the results so i'm going to work out because after i finish i'm not gonna be like god i really wish i hadn't done that workout that was like, a waste of time yeah you know what I'm, I'm glad i went you know the day after you know same question with when people go i didn't eat any of the crisps that i normally did like any regrets of that no perfect there you go remember that so yeah just look at that bigger picture and again you know it's not about being motivated it's not about you know the short-term gratification you know look at that long-term um payoff the long-term payoff from you working out now is going to pay off in years and years and years of time and that's the kind of the purpose of the call was just to get people to focus on this like i said it's you need to think uh, there's something that i can do that only takes three hours a week or an hour and a half a week two hours a week whatever Magnus is shouting on me. I was going to say, was, I can get that Magnus. <laughs> Just learn to talk. Um, it's only going to take two hours a week, and it's the, the rewards are just huge. Just, you know, mental the rewards. So just do it, would be my advice. You know, don't think, oh, I don't, yeah, but I don't like it. I understand, you know, it's intimidating for people. You've got to realize, you know, for me and you, we've worked in gyms for years and years and years. 99% of the people in the gym are too self-absorbed to even notice that you're there. They're too busy looking in the mirror at themselves. That's what I mean. Unless they may be on like a, a, you're on a machine that they want to use and they might come up and go, have you got many sets? You know what I mean? Or can I work in with you? Probably can't work in with you right now. Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to do it. But you pay your membership just like them. You've got just as much rights to be there as them. And everyone goes to the gym for the first time once. It's like, you know, the most frustrating thing is when I see people beeping learner drivers. Like you never, you never learn to drive, dickhead. You know what I mean? Just, just, just relax. You can look at Joe's laughing because he's one of those people who beeps. Yeah, I do not. But I hate it as well. I absolutely <laughs> like, despise that. They're at a roundabout. Just <laughs> relax. You know what I mean? Like I remember, I, I still don't hundred percent know how roundabouts work. Sometimes I'm just like, I think I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I've not crashed yet, so it's all right. But yeah, again, it's hard, but you've got to think, you know, you, and this is probably going on a slight tangent. Here we go. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it, but, you know, I feel, you know, and you see these memes and stuff like that, like don't work out to punish yourself. Work out because you can. Exercise because you can. Because it's a privilege. And, you know, kind of just silly things that I do myself is like, you know, instead of driving to the shop, sometimes I'll walk. Why am I walking? Because I can. You know what I mean? Because there's people out there who wish they could walk to the shops. And I'm like, oh, I can't be asked. I'm going to drive. Like, no, I'm going to walk to the shops. It's a 10-minute walk. Stop being so lazy. And then just little things, like just little mindset pieces. Like, you know, you you want to get some chicken out of the freezer for tomorrow's dinner. And you get into bed and you're all warm and you're after dropping sleep. And you're like, oh, I didn't get that chicken out of the freezer. Oh, I can't be asked. I'll just buy some tomorrow. And then I go, you know what, James? There's people lying in hospital beds who wish they could get up, walk downstairs right now unaided get your lazy ass out of bed, go get that chicken out. And it's just little bits and bats that work for me, might not work for other people. Where it's like, I need to do this because I can. And I'm kind of doing a disservice to all those people who can. You know, I think there was quite a famous, like uh, a woman who got into a bit of uh, grief. Actually, she was, she was, I think she was really overweight and she lost a lot of weight. And then she did like a video, like saying about like kind of people who were overweight, like saying, 
kind of because she kind of slagged him off saying you know what i mean you, you you're disrespecting yourself by being overweight you know what i mean and it's that kind of i don't want to do other people a disservice by not living my you know getting my body to its, not its potential sounds a bit dramatic but you know what i mean by kind of using it as it should if i just sat super sedentary and gained loads of weight I'd feel terrible for all those people that wish that they could go to the gym, that wish they could go out on a bike, that wish they could walk to the shops. So that's kind of just where my mind's at sometimes. Yeah, I think my my final point on that, then that's just changing the lens, isn't it? And I think mm. unbelievably, I managed to tie in our rant at the start about people who successfully changed their lens to, to find a positive. And I think that that would be what the, the purpose of this call is, is to change the lens that you look at exercise and list off all the positives and why these things are worth doing. It'll become much easier for you to then do it. Yes. That's Happy? quite comprehensive for us, that. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Right. Any questions or anything, then feel free to pop them on here. I'm going to post that picture in the group shortly. Um, so feel free to, to put some comments on there. Thank you very much for the people posting comments uh, and saying nice things. Always much appreciated. Speak to you all soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.